This is Cleveland. And this is Lindsay. And this is The Devil You Don't Know. Lindsay, what are we going to be talking about today? The Devil in Relationships. The Devil in Relationships. What is what is that uh, about? I se? thought you were reading a quote. Oh, I am going to read a quote, but I just want you to just tell us a little bit about like, what is the devil in relationships? And then I'll read. Well, I think there's a lot of devils in relationships. So why don't you get to your quote and then we can just jump right in. I'll follow the rules. I'll do it. I know it's really hard for you. It's very hard. It's very hard. So I'm going to just read a quote and this is, um, I am, I, I just want to give a disclaimer. I am spiritual, but not religious. Um, and I do believe in the Bible, but I do believe there's like validity in, in, in all holy books and texts. And even if you don't believe in all of that stuff, I do think there's some validity in it. So I just wanted to give that disclaimer really quick. So this is from first Corinthians and it's a scripture on love. And I think you mentioned a a nice statistic and I'll let you get to that. Um, But it's a scripture on love that is commonly read at weddings. It says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Yeah. So when you read that to me earlier, I said to you that actually that's like one of the most read scriptures in weddings. And 50% of weddings end in divorce. Wow. So people choose that reading and then don't really listen to the message. So, so what do you think it causes some of that failure? I think there's a lot of things. And so what I wanted to talk about today was prompted by this book that I'm reading uh, that was sent to me by the therapy practice that I work with. And it's called The Secrets of Happy Couples. And it's obviously a book about happy couples and what works in marriages. And there's actually a lot of what doesn't work in the book as well. But in introduction, one of the first things it said was how hard it was to find couples that met the criteria for a happy relationship. And it took them almost two years to find 100 couples for this book. Isn't that crazy? And and what the interesting thing is our American culture, you is based on like love. Like, you know, you, I know you like Hallmark movies and, and Amazon prime movies where it's like romantic. So why is it that we are in love with love, but don't have the skills to, to pull it off? I think there's a lot of reasons. Um, I'm a therapist. You're studying to be a therapist. Even if you don't see couples, I can guarantee you most of your clients have relationship issues. Same for me right? I could see couples. I see single people. I see people in committed relationships. And a big theme that comes up is that the relationship is often in trouble. Yeah. It's, 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 it's weird. Right. And so what are some reasons that that book says, or what are some suggestions from that book? Well, rather than talking about the book, I actually would like to kind of talk about things that we've talked about. Sure. Um, and you know, full disclosure, we were both part of that 50%. Part of the 50%, but not going to be part of the 50% again, right? Yeah. Right. And so what happens, I guess you go through your first marriage and we, we have not had an easy road, No, right? I mean, there's the times where I was ready to dump you and, uh, you too. Yeah. Vice versa. And I think we decided, right. One of the things about you that I really like is you are loyal. Mm -hmm. Making a marriage work. I thought it was going to be handsome. Well, that too, but 
I think that's less important than being loyal and committed to the relationship. So you have always said how important marriage is to you and how there's a lot that you're willing to overcome to make a relationship work. And then we've talked about a lot of the different things that come up in relationships of our clients, even of our friends. Yeah. And for, for me, as a, as a person that grew up Christian, um, it has, that scripture has always meant a lot to me. Uh, it wasn't an easy decision to, to end my first marriage. If, if I'd have known that, that, that the road that I took would lead to you, I would have ended it a lot sooner. Um, but it wasn't easy, right? Because I did grow up believing that love hopes all things, that love endures all things, and that love never fails. But it is also um, a two-way street, right? And and folks, it takes a lot of work. You know, a lot of times, and I'm going to tell a quick story about myself real quick, uh, and it's about the early part of our relationship. Um, a lot of times people don't want to accept their role and what might be making a relationship difficult, right? Yeah, so I agree I, with you. I, so I was volunteering at a place and it was early on in our relationship. And, and you are an exacting person. Like you have a certain set of standards, but those are good, right? It's good to have yeah, I like things a certain way. And yes. I will admit that it is really hard for me to stray yeah. from those ways. But I go, went into that relationship knowing that, right? So I remember I was volunteering at a store in Queens and but I want to stop you for a yeah. second and then you can continue because you said you went into the relationship knowing that. And yes. that's a big thing that comes up with people. This person was messy before you moved in together. This person had all the bad habits that they had, but then you chose to date them or marry them anyway. Yep. So that often becomes the excuse for why things don't work. So go ahead. Yeah. So, so, the, so to your point is I knew all of this about you, right? From the very first date, uh, when you were like, what you're, you're, you, you don't have that. You don't have a certain situation finished yet. And I was like, so I knew who you were, right? You you were never afraid from the first day that I met you. And I, and I met you on that street corner in Manhattan. I noticed you're not really identifying with the situation. I wasn't wasn't quite, I wasn't quite divorced yet, you know, but you know, but we'll, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it. But I wasn't, I wasn't living with my wife uh, at the time. We weren't, we were separated, but I wasn't quite divorced, which we can do a whole nother episode. I think there are a lot of people that do that, but, but to the point is I knew who you were from the minute that I met you. Right. And you made that clear. And I went into the relationship knowing that you had standards and that you had expectations. Um, so to get back to what I was saying, so I was in the store, uh, that I was volunteering at complaining, ah, this and that. And the young lady who I was talking to great person said, stop me dead in my tracks and said, Cleveland, you're no prize either. And so I think <laughs> what it, what, what, what folks need to do, or at least acknowledge in a relationship is their part in making that relationship work or in many cases, not work. I agree with you. And that's why I wanted to talk about a number of things today and no particular order. There's no level of importance to them, but I would like to keep one really important one for last, which is, uh, oh, well, yeah, we're going to get to that. Um, but I just heard you talk about expectations and saying that you knew who I was before you got into the relationship with me and expectations is actually number one on my list. And I think the biggest mistake that people make when they enter a relationship is not discussing their expectations. And then they carry on because dating is fun and there's sex and there's weekend dates and there's, you know, kind of just living the way you want to live, having a blast. And then things become more serious 
And then the person gets annoyed with you or you get annoyed with your partner because you never really fully discussed what your expectations for the relationship were. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the weird thing about romantic love. Like I'm looking at a statistic right now about, did you know that arranged marriages like actually work, uh, have like a higher endurance rate than people who, who, who romantic, uh, who marry for romantic reasons. Right. Oh, it's interesting. I wonder if it's also cultural that divorce is frowned upon. Yeah. Well, the statistics say and studies show is that those people, because they don't have expectations of each other, just go into it. Yeah, I'm going to work it out. Right. I don't know her. She doesn't know me. She doesn't know me. Um, and my, <laughs> our families are, are putting us in this position, but they don't have expectations. Right. And, but they actually do develop uh, studies have shown genuine love and respect for each other, which seems to kind of oddly be missing in uh, relationships, relationships. Right? right. Well, when we talk about expectations, right, we have expectations. This is what I expect from my partner. And this is what I won't tolerate from my partner. Some of those things we can be flexible on. Yeah. yeah. I think about you and we were in Culebra mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Remember, we were there for like three weeks and that was nice. We should go back. Eventually. I was reading on the side of the pool because I don't like to swim, swim. I like to sit with my book and read. So I have my Kindle and you wanted to swim. And we both know you so well. Cleve could swim now, but he still thinks he can't. And so anytime he goes in, he puts this whole getup on of fins and a snorkel. And this pool was four feet deep. How tall are you? Uh, listen, before we go on, I just want to put a caveat there. I am black and I do not know. <laughs> I have a fear of water. And there's, I, there's a we can go in the statistics about how black folks drown. Right. I know water. the statistics. Yeah, we actually yeah, yeah. watched a special on that. I remember. <laughs> right. And that's often that's a whole topic. For that's a whole day, other topic. I could talk a lot the, about that. The devil um, that doesn't swim. So <laughs> you were in the pool in four feet of water. You had like floaties on and your whole get up with the snorkel and the fins on your feet. And I'm sitting there reading the book and the pool was small and you're just splashing like a three-year-old who was so excited to get out of the sun and into the water. And it was amazing. The water was washing up on me waves and waves. And I was just looking at you and I said, Oh, swimming brings him such joy. He's so happy. I could like get annoyed right now or I could just get out of the pool and read my book. And so I just got out of the pool and I read my book and you were fine. Or I could put the book down. But sometimes we just need to recognize what the other person enjoys and say, ah, I could be flexible with this. So so in Gottman, um, for school, I had to read Gottman's book, The Seven Principles for Making Your Marriage Work, uh, a practical guide. Uh, from the country's expert, uh, foremost expert in relationships, right? And one of the things that he talks about in chapter nine is solve your solvable problems, right? So it sounds like what you did there is you solved a solvable problem. Right. So expectations is a big one. People don't talk about expectations and then they move in together. And I hear a lot from my clients, my partner's messy, My partner doesn't do the dishes, doesn't help out around the house, doesn't do this, doesn't do that. And I always say it's not about the dishes because your partner was messy before they moved in with you. But you decided to move in anyway. So what were the characteristics that drew you to that person that made you say, "Okay, She doesn't need to do the dishes or he doesn't need to help with the housework. 
the Gottman calls that gridlock, right? And so gridlock um, in a relationship is when you have the same argument over and over again with no resolution. Um, neither of you, you've lost, say your love is kind of cooled off and you, you have this need to be right. So neither of you can address the issue with humor, empathy, or affection. Um, and the issue has become like polarizing, right? So it's like, it, 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 it's beyond like, hey, you didn't do the dishes or hey, you left this on the counter. It's like when you see this bad habit, like I, I got a bunch of bad habits up that one, one of them is leaving tissues around the house everywhere. <laughs> we could talk about right. our bad habits yeah. in a whole yeah. episode. My, my, my boss in my office says I leave tissues like uh, fucking uh, breadcrumbs, like so he can tell anywhere I've went. Right. So but that issue has not it has polarized us at times, um, but it hasn't become polarizing. I don't let it bother yeah. me anymore. I just wake yeah. up in the morning and you go off to work and I yeah. sometimes send you a picture. Yeah. I will walk around the house and tissues are like up and down the stairs, tissues in the bed, yeah, tissues on the floor. And the craziest thing is you don't even blow your nose. I don't blow so I don't know where the tissues well, come it comes, from. <laughs> it comes from years of suffering from allergies and not suffering from it anymore. But, let, let's, but let's move on to something but, else. Yeah, but to the last, so, oh, so the last point and the last point of this, oh, listen, it's all color commentary. But the last part, part, part of this is compromise in gridlock um, seems impossible because you would be selling out your principles, right? Um, and so tell us a little bit about that part. Of, I don't uh, want to talk about that yet because okay. I want to get there at the end because I think compromise is one of the most important so, things in a relationship. So, so we're going to leave that for so later. So we'll come back to that. But let's talk about dating intimacy and romance. Dating intimacy and romance. Whether That's... it's before you live together mm-hmm. or after you live together, okay. after you're married. One of the biggest complaints that I hear is that from clients, once they move in together, their partner's like, oh, you're not the same anymore. And well, life before you live together and after you live together is really different. We dated for a long time before we got married and moved. Actually, we moved in before we got married, which you did not agree with. But we talk about that another time, too. (laughs) So people move in together and think that the dating is going to continue. For us, dating was great because I would see you on the weekends that the kids were with their dad. So we would go out and have a really fun time. We would go to places in the city and go out to eat and go hiking and go upstate and do all these exciting things. But then we bought a house and we were in a different financial position, right? We had housework to do. We had projects to do around the house. We were spending a ton of money getting furniture, doing work on the outside, doing the landscaping. And we couldn't keep up the dating, like in the sense that we did, but it was different because we were both contributing to something bigger for our future. However, I would like to say one thing is that we do still date each other. Yes, we do. Like we date every week. You said to me yesterday, I think when you were feeding the pets in the morning at six o'clock, we need to go on a date this weekend because we haven't gone on a date since last week. Yeah, maybe we'll do it tonight in the rain. Maybe. Maybe we do have a kid home from college this weekend, though, which is nice, too. We should talk about this another time, too. Like, how much more do you like your kids when they go away and come back? And I think the, the level of appreciation is, is we're going to die. We're, we're, we're diverting. We're going to die. <laughs> Listen, we're going to do this from time to time. We're digressing. <laughs> but I think the level of appreciation is just so much better. Like, he hugged me. I'm oh, like, I was Whoa. so happy to see him. Yeah, right. Yeah. And he got here all by himself. Yeah. It's an amazing so- Listen, we're going off. We're going off. Anyway, so we couldn't go on a date this weekend because he was home, but now it looks like you want to. So we probably will later. Yes. 
but you have to keep the romance alive in your relationship. And if you have little kids and you don't have a babysitter, we don't have any family around. And so I used to just date you when the kids were at their dad's. Yeah. And that sounds like the second principle of Gottman's book, which is nurture your fondness and your admiration, right? A lot of times what happens in relationships, it seems like, oh, you've changed, but maybe you've changed too. And it goes back to what Sylvia said to me and long ago in that store is you're no prize either. So, so it, it also it, nurturing your, your, your fondness and admiration means continuing to date, uh, means continuing to do things that, that make your spouse attractive to you, right? I think a lot of times, um, I, we were talking about a case once and you said, well, that guy just started coasting, right? He just was like, he decided not to put any effort into the relationship anymore. Right. Um, and I think folks do that on both sides, right? That they yes. just take themselves and they take their partner for granted. And they, they cease uh, to nurture that fondness and that admiration of that partner. Right. So to talk about two other things that kind of go hand in hand, right, are disagreements or arguments and compassion. Right. People disagree. When people tell me they don't fight in their relationship, I don't believe them. Or I think, wow, you don't have a really great relationship. Yeah. So if anyone ever tells you that they don't argue with their spouse, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Or they're all just pretending to be somebody else and they're holding a lot of resentments in. Yeah. Because we do bicker, we argue. When we actually, when we fight, you clean the basement. So sometimes I start one on purpose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like two hours of like, oh, I'm just going to clean, rage cleaning. And, it's, uh, and it, we actually, the basement's looking kind of messy. So oh, no, remind no, me later no, 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 no. to check in with you on that. But people argue because nobody sees eye to eye on everything, right? Nobody has the same exact religious view, views, or if you follow one specific religion, you don't believe every single caveat of it. If your uh, political opinions lie to the left or the right, nobody agrees with every single thing on the left or every single thing on the right, yeah. right? And so people are going to argue and we're going to disagree, but then compassion comes in. Compassion comes in. And also, too, one of the things that I, I and, and Gottman talks about in his book is, is letting your partner influence you, right? And so part of that disagreement comes in, and, and I've been accused of it, and I've had people say it, too. It's like, oh, you just... And Gottman actually talked about it, that there was like skits about... You his, like Gottman, huh? I love Gottman. Yeah. He, well, he's, he's, he's got a lot of good principles, though. But it's like, let your partner influence you, right? Which is sometimes like... And I've been resistant to your influence. You know it all the time. It's like an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond where where uh, Ray's wife was like, Ray, when I tell you something, you don't listen. But when somebody else tells you, you listen. Right? That's you. And that, to well, a T. Well, maybe. That, to a T. But it, it, but, but it goes back to not letting your partner influence you, which is what you were talking about, right? Right. Well, in compassion, I think recently we had an argument of, about something and I said to you like heated discussion a heated discussion right debate. we disagreed fierce debate we bicker a lot too and it's very funny um but we had this argument and i, <laughs> I called you a people pleaser <laughs> oh yeah <I laughs> which remember. i do a lot yeah um but we had the argument and then you told me you started to yell at me and then i shut down and i said i thought about it and i came back to you like the next day and i said well that's my default setting is to shut down and go away. Like I'll go upstairs or go somewhere else. And so in order for me to change that default setting, right, I need you to like kind of take my feelings into account and think about how 
you interact with me during an argument, because like, I know that my feelings and my default setting are my shit that I have to figure out. And I know that that comes from, you know, patterns that I've developed over the years, but this is where the compassion comes in. Take your partner's feelings into account, stop before you speak, and then have a conversation with them in a way that won't make them go to the default setting. Yeah. My default setting is to like, you know, the flight mm-hmm. and your default setting is the fight. Yeah. So they're very opposite. I, I like run away from you when I'm upset because I know how your reaction is going to be. And so we've been really cognizant of that since I told you that yeah. that day that I thought like, these are my feelings. I'm responsible for them. But like, can you bring a different way to interact with me to the table? And, and I, I do admit that, right? You, you, you um, will run away. And then I have a tendency because I like to Oh, talk. you run after me. And, and it's I'll, so annoying. And I will just continue to try to prove my point. And right? I'm trying to say like, yeah. please, I need space. Yeah. Like, give me space. Please stop. Yeah. And you just yeah. like, you want to have the fight. Yeah, you just I, want to fight. But I think it comes, but I, but we also have both grown the, the, the mindfulness to respect each other's style. Right. And, right. And I think what happens is it goes back to this point of letting your partner influence you is understand what works for your partner, understand what doesn't work for your partner. And always you don't always have to get your way. No, you don't always have to be right. Yes. You don't always have to be right. You can say I fucked up. Yeah. You 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 said something good. From I'm one, right a lot, though. Yeah, you're, you, you're usually right. It's like um, our friend Simon, <laughs> who's eventually going to be on the show. He's like Cleveland. The key to marriage is learning and to accept that your wife is simply smarter than you. I've come to accept that. And it's wonderful. Simon's British, by the way, uh, via, via the Bronx. No, Simon's British. Yeah, you do good accents. You're going to have to do the accent uh, from the accident that time we had on vacation. Oh, yeah, we'll, but we'll let's t- move on to the next thing. Yeah, right? we'll so about we talked that. about disagreement and compassion. And the next thing I want to talk about is like be together or be alone, right? And be alone, not or. So be together and be alone. Sure. We both have friends. We both have interests outside of the marriage, but sometimes we do do things the other person likes. I like to go wine tasting upstate. You come, you enjoy it. You like to go to a distillery or go somewhere and movies. I come with you because that's what you do with your partner. You don't have to do everything together. And it's important to have a life like outside of the relationship, not to just be completely dependent or independent, but to be interdependent. What, what's interesting is, is a lot of times marriages break up after the kids are gone because the couple realizes, hey, we don't have anything in common except the kids. So you kind of. Can we let's talk about uh, for a minute that couple ahead. that was away when we were away. OK, we won't say the names. No, the, the we're names not going to say their the, names. The names of the innocent. But this was real. I mean, they were lovely. lovely they were really lovely, lovely people. And we were away in the Finger Lakes for Labor Day weekend. We were there for a few nights. We love going up to this vegan bed and breakfast where we stay. And we were outside one night sitting at the fire pit with another couple. And a third couple came up to the fire pit and they were spending one night, one night, one night at the bed and breakfast one night. And they had not been away in 23 years. And they both had a very good career. So it wasn't a financial thing. And then they also talked about how they go to their child's cafeteria at college to eat meals with them because it's like a benefit that the college has where you can go and do that. And I just thought, wow, that's so interesting. Now, not, not being critical. No, not, not being critical, but I'm saying, I don't think they know what to do with each other. Yes. 
And that was the, that was why I brought that up because I can't imagine not taking a vacation in 23 years. We take a lot of vacations, just full disclosure, a lot of vacations. Cause I believe these podcasts will be from vacation. I believe in quarterly vacations. And I think that's just to kind of reset Uh, vacations. Give us the time to be together, to be alone. We often go, we go with the kids, but we also go without the kids. And it's a time for us to unplug from work because at home there's always other responsibilities. So that whole being together and being alone is a really important point. And also knowing, you know, who you are besides a parent and a spouse. Yeah. I'm just looking up the research. According to the Pew Center, among uh, Pew Center... Pew Research Center, among adults 50 and older in the United States, the rate of divorce has approximately doubled since the 1990s. And for those 65 and older, it's roughly tripled in the same period of time. Um, And they're calling it the 20-year itch. Do the children move out? Um, And some couples face a conundrum like, hey, I haven't I haven't liked your ass in decades and I didn't realize it until we had no buffer. But let's talk about that too. How many people wait until the kids move out to get divorced? I think that's terrible. Yeah. I think you're teaching your kids then that it's okay to sit in a shitty relationship and pretend everything is okay. That's not cool. No. Do you agree? I agree. I agree. So you're teaching your kids to stay with somebody who's not a good partner Right. Unless you can compromise and make it work. Right. But you're also not showing them the hard work either. If you're just leaving, if you just leave. So it's a, it's a balancing act. It sounds like right. Being in a successful relationship. Well, let's, so let's get to our last point because I do think that's the most important point. And you and I could talk a lot on this and this is going to come into play with that too. Right. Compromise. Okay. So this goes back to overcoming gridlock. No more, no more Gottman. Let's just talk about compromise. These are good points. I'm going to compromise compromise on air. And I'm going to put away yes. my gotten. But go ahead. I think compromise is the most important thing in a relationship. What do you think? I think compromise is very important. And, and, and it goes back to, like I said, what Sylvia told me years ago, which is you're no prize either, which is realizing that everybody poops and it stinks. Everybody poops and it stinks. And compromise. Sometimes we have to do things that we wouldn't otherwise do. We compromise at work. Mm-hmm. We compromise when we're out to dinner and they don't have the thing we want on the menu, yeah. right? So we compromise in all of our relationships except for intimate relationships. And why is that, you think? I don't know. I think people move in together and they think everything's just going to be perfect. And then they start to see a different side of their partner that was actually already there, yeah. but they didn't want to look at it. Yeah. So sometimes, right, I got out of the water and let you swim. Yeah, yeah. Compromise. That was nice of you. That was nice. Right? <laughs> it was. All my, all my swim gear on and like. Right. You were splashing away. But I do think compromise is the most important yeah. thing in a relationship because we do compromise everywhere, uh-huh. but nobody seems to want to compromise in their marriage. So, so, so remember that big blow up we had uh, several years ago um, and grandma Jean has a, a guy. I, I, I got a little messy. I got a little messy one night, went over mm-hmm. to my mother's house. Uh, and this is before we got married. And my mom was like, babe, baby, what you, what's wrong with you, baby? Why are you sitting on that couch like that? And then, um, you know, I said, hey, I got into a little bit of a, a tiff with my fiance and we just, you know, whatever. And we were married already. We lived here. Oh, that that, we oh, that's right. that was mm-hmm. here. That was here. And the what, kids were at sleepaway camp. Yeah. 
Uh-huh. And what did, what did Grandma Jean say? Well, what happened was you got really drunk. Uh-huh. Tipsy. Around the court. We always have our Friday night date spot. Yeah, yeah. And you drank a little too much. Little. And then you came home and you slept it off and you were acting a little odd. I can't even remember what the fight was about, uh-huh. but you then went home to mommy. Yeah. And I was just, I, was you, little, I, was, I just needed some comfort. <laughs> and did you get it? No, I no, got But I, who got it? You did because what did my mom tell me? You treat your wife like you treat like yourself. Precious you jewel. Treat your wife like the precious jewel she is. Yeah, but, and that goes also for your husband, yeah. right? And there's we argue about things. Mm-hmm. We definitely both have our bad habits. You're a messy person. Dri- love you so much. Mm-hmm. It drives me crazy. But I did tell him the secret today. When I find his things out of place, I just take them and chuck them down the basement stairs for him to pick up later. And if they're in a pile in the messy basement, I know he'll clean it when we have a fight. So it's a win-win for me. But we haven't fought in such a long time. We haven't fought in a long time. I tried this morning, remember? Oh, no, I wasn't going for it. Yeah, I but. tried. I was a little, little bit of a mood this morning. Yeah. I don't like the rain on the weekends. And I tried to fight with you, but you... uh you put the kibosh on it pretty quick. You I were like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, because I love the rain. <laughs> this is the best days. This is how we're recording today. I think also everyone was in the kitchen. Yeah. It's like overwhelming for me. Oh, like, yeah. The, our kitchen is so small, so small and there's so much stuff in there. Mm-hmm. And Lila was on the floor and you were like in there talking to me and I was trying to put groceries away and clean the veggies for the week to store them. And I was just getting annoyed with everybody. But then we all compromised, right? Yeah, and, and, because she actually cleaned the yeah. refrigerator out and it looks so good. Mm-hmm. So now the best thing, by the way, I love you so much because now that we clean the fridge, I know that you won't use anything in it this week. Because oh, no, when no, the no. fridge is clean, you are afraid to use because, it because you know that you can't put shit back because, where it goes. Because my compromise is knowing that I don't put the shit back where it goes. Um, but no. But so you just ask me to get it so for you. And it's you perfect to, because I know where it is. Boom. And, and you get to control the refrigerator. But I think <laughs> I think as, as, as we're getting close to wrapping up here is that part of the key is being mindful of your own behavior in the marriage, right? You, yes. you, you had a professor at NYU... Uh, that said, what is, tell, tell us, tell the audience. Is it more important to be right or in the relationship? Yeah. And I, for me, it's mm-hmm. more important to be in the relationship. And How about for you? For me, it's more important to be in the relationship, right? Because um, that's the whole point of it, right? It, it's not, it, it, a marriage should be, uh, if you want to think of a marriage as a portrait uh, of lights and darks and shadows and, and, and colors, there will be some dark parts. There will be some like a storm at sea, but then also it'll be like days, wonderful days and sunny days. I don't think you've ever read Ram Dass's book, no, right? I have not. He has a book called Polishing the Mirror. Mm-hmm. You should read it. I have it on the bookshelf. Mm-hmm. He talks about life, right? When things seem bad, he talks about having a picture in a frame, a four by six. Yeah. And it's like a black cloud. But if you zoom out, somewhere beyond the cloud is sun. Yes. So things could seem horrible in the moment or negative in the moment, but somewhere out there is something brighter. Yeah. It reminds me of the new edition song, Can You Stand the Rain? I would sing it. I'm not going to sing it, but sunny days, everybody loves them. But can you stand the rain, right? And so any any relationship is going to have its hard parts. And we're not saying stick in an abusive relationship if you no, are. No, I agree. The yeah. expectations. Yes. One of the biggest expectations I tell my clients, like hitting your partner, non-negotiable. Non-negotiable. Certain things are negotiable. Certain things aren't. Abuse is not negotiable. Yes. 
unless that person goes and gets the help they need and changes who they are. But there's certain things that are absolutely not negotiable. Most other things you can be flexible on. Yeah, and Cheating might be a non-negotiable yeah. for some people. Some people can overcome that. Only the person knows. Yeah. But that's why expectations are so important because you have the opportunity. And we had this situation with one of the children, right? We have seven, so I'm not going to call anybody out. One of the children was dating someone and said they wanted a relationship. The other person, their partner responded immediately. They didn't want a relationship. And then our child was heartbroken and a hot mess when the person kept dating other people. And I don't like to sound uncompassionate, but I said, well, that person told you who they were from the minute that you met them. And so you went into the relationship anyway. And this is like the whole, it's not about the dishes thing. Yeah. Right. When you make a choice to go into a relationship, even when the person tells you, I can't meet that need for you, then that problem becomes yours. Yeah. Because it's going into it. And a lot of people are guilty of this, not just, you know, kids in their twenties of thinking I can change this person. If this person loves me, I can change them. And, and often that change has to come from within. Right. So you, you didn't try to change me. Um, you have helped me change in I some ways. I try to ways. support you and encourage you. But who had to realize they had to make the change? You. I did, right? And same with me. Yes. And so you can't go into a relationship. If, if your expectation is I'm going to make this relationship work because I'm going to mold this man or I'm going to mold this woman, I think that's doomed to failure. I agree. Yeah. Because that person is not living authentically. Yes. Right. So like. I love you. And I really think your authentic self is just being a little bit messy. Yeah. A little That's bit messy, okay. leaving tissues all over the place, sometimes talking and a little too much. for me, right, I'm a little opinionated, stuck in my ways, maybe. Would you agree? Yeah. But so, so as we come close to the conclusion, what would be, it sounds like you're saying that the best way to make a relationship work is to first work on yourself or have a little bit of self-awareness about what's going on in you. Absolutely. Work on yourself because if you don't work on yourself and I have a client who I see this with all the time, she's not happy. And she thinks that then getting out of this relationship will make her happy in the next. But the problem is, is that when you go to the next relationship, you're still bringing all your problems with you. So the number one thing is to work on yourself, be happy with yourself, be know who you are, know who you are. If you, for me, I know who I am. I'm a little wacky. I, you know, I know that I'm a little weird. Certain things are non-negotiable for me. Thank you for going vegan. I love you very much. It's very important to me, but I knew you weren't when we came together. So it was okay for a number of years, but just, you know, sometimes you have to get to know yourself better. Get to, what do you like? What do you not like? What works for you? What doesn't work for you? Because if you don't know those things and you don't know yourself, you're not going to be happy with anyone else because you're always going to be adapting for the relationship. Yeah. And you're always going to be attracting people that don't know themselves either. Right. And that's one of the things. We well, do. I don't know, because I'm thinking about a client in particular, but mm-hmm. I think, yes, there has to be a level of awareness yes. for sure. Right. I think people who I think people who can't look at their stuff, especially in a relationship, are unaware. I'm willing to look at what my part of things is. And I know you are as well. And that's what makes our relationship successful. I also think the things that I'm lacking are your challenges. I mean, are your strengths. 
right? And your things that you're lacking are my strengths. And so I think we really balance each other out in that way. But yeah, you have to know who you are, right? I know who you are. You like comic books, Star Trek, totally love geeking out on video games until late night. And you know me, I'm going to bed at nine o'clock. If even if we're in the middle of a great movie, eight twenty five, nine o'clock, <laughs> 10 at the absolute latest, 10 at the absolute latest. And, but I know who I am and you know who you are. And when you know who you are, then you can own all the parts of you and then you can put them on the table. This is who I am. And this is what you're getting into. And boy, did you get into it. And I think, um, Ooh, I was going to say something naughty, but this is, even no, though, no, even though we have an ex- What if our parents listen to well, this? Well, we do have the explicit tag. For we're it. trying to get the Florida house. Okay. We're trying to get the Florida house. Can't tell all the secrets. Um, as we wrap up, we're, we're, we're nearing the 40 minute mark. I just want to see if, if you have like any words of wisdom or any final words of encouragement for anybody who's, uh, in, who's listening to this. I struggling. think the biggest thing is get to know who you are, know what your interests are. If you don't know, try things. But the key to being happy in any relationship is being confident in yourself and knowing what you like and what you don't like. Yeah, I, I agree with that. You, you've helped me with that a lot and, uh, and, and, and helped me just bring a level of awareness to myself. Um, before we go, one last point I do want to think of is um, this idea of explaining yourself, right? I, I always say, yeah, listen, it's like, once you have to explain yourself, Mm-mm. it's like, it's just like, hey, that was a joke. Hey, it was funny. I think the important thing is just to, once again, it's not, not standing up for yourself, but recognizing and respecting your partner and realizing when you've crossed the boundary that they're not happy with. Right? And that's where the, you know, compromise and emotional recognition yeah. comes into play. Right. I understand. I try to think about you when you're stressed. I think a few weeks ago I said to you, I could see that you're really stressed. Let me know how I can support you. I think that I can do these things to help you. And you said, you're absolutely right. And you said, thank you for recognizing that. And then everything was fine. But if I kept getting annoyed by the way you were behaving, it would have turned into something else. But I thought this is how he needs me to be right now. In any relationship, be it uh, a hetero or, or a gay LGBTQ relationship, all these principles work, right? Because it doesn't, mm-hmm. I know, you, you know, oftentimes we think of, where we just think of these things in terms of same-sex marriage or man and woman and this, but it, 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 any type of relationship that you're in, uh, straight or gay, these principles will, will help you through that relationship. Would you say that? Absolutely. Even in friendships. Even in friendships. Right? Some people are not meant to be friends. We've, we've seen that in the course of um, through the course of our lives. See me winking at you. See me winking at me. I see you winking. The audience can't see it, but I, I know. I, I see it. <laughs> and so, Linz, uh, as as we as as our as our music begins to swell in the background, uh, any final thoughts out there? No, I think that's it. This is the devil you don't know. And this has been what was the name of this episode again? The devil in relationships. The devil in relationships, and we'll see you next time.